Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at BuildBook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs, schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the BuildBook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year, where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it. So go ahead and hit pause and text build book to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else. So I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 109 with Tommy Mello of A1 Garage Doors. And this was a very great conversation. Tommy has a ton of experience. He's gone through some massive growth in his business. Really smart guy. He's made a lot of mistakes, as he'll tell you, but he's done a ton to level up his game. Big reader, big learner. You know, he's not afraid to learn from others. And that has really put him on a path that has really now put him in a position to be doing a lot of teaching and sharing and passing that knowledge down. And so um, I try to uncover some of those tactics and tips, but also just get into his brain a little bit and how he thinks and how he's been able to continue to elevate and get his business to the next level. And uh, he has some pretty big plans for the future. So it's fun to, to hear about those as well. So stick around, stay tuned for episode 109 with Tommy Mello. Tommy, glad to have you on the show today. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited because for those that, that don't know you, you've built a, a pretty sizable business in, in the garage door space, but I think you've got, got a lot to offer. And I know you've been getting out there and educating kind of the, the trades and the service industry. And so I want to kind of start way back, the, back at the beginning though. Why garage doors? Why did you get into the business? You know, I get this question a lot and it's just, at the time I started painting garages, my buddy was running a garage door company and uh, he said, do you know how to paint garages? I said, no, but I could learn. And he paid really good money and I could make anywhere from a grand to two grand a week, just painting them on the weekend. I was bartending, I was going to school and another buddy of mine worked for him in a, as a service tech. So I learned all about the industry and we went and started our own business. And, uh, you know, we made every single mistake you could make. From booking calls to the correct dispatching, back then there was really no such thing as a really good CRM for the home service business. We had an appointment book and um, we had this 
really, really fat TV looking GPS, which just came out <laughs> when we started and um, which was nice. But yeah, you know, the garage business has been a lot of mistakes. I, the one thing you can say about me is I make a lot of mistakes and I make them quick, but I try not to make the same mistakes over and over again. Like most companies, I see a lot of people, they tell me all about their business and they say, you know, my workers, they just don't do what I tell them. I can't get my CSRs to book the phone call. You know, it goes on and on. And I always say, well, it's always the leader. And it really is. And uh, I've had to mold myself into a whole new person over these last few years to become a better leader and give a better culture. So, Yeah, that's cool. So it sounds like you kind of just fell into it in a way and then just took it and, and ran with it. I'm curious, how long did it take you guys to hit a million in sales? Do you remember? You know, I want to say 2010, so a few years into the business, because I, was, I wasn't giving it my all until me and my partner separated. And partnerships are very, very, very tough because there's always someone thinking the other person's not doing as much work, whether it's the father and son, husband and wife, whatever that looks like. And it's tough. So when I really got to be on my own, I formed a new LLC. I switched from A1 Garage Door Specialist to A1 Garage Door Service. And um, that's when he started to take off. And a million dollars is really, really easy. Think about this. If the average technician, and this is back then, did about 300,000, I only needed three and a half, four technicians to do a million. So it's, it's, I've got guys doing well over a million now, just one guy. So Yeah, and the reason I ask is I'm kind of curious how long it took you once you got to one to get to five. Was it a similar time frame? Yeah, I think I needed a few more systems in place. I needed a little bit of training, but it still wasn't good. It wasn't even good when I was 30 technicians. Now it's getting really, really sophisticated. We've got about 130 techs and we've got a whole training school now. But yeah, that there's a hard part of getting completely out of the field. And the other hard part is building systems to inspect what you expect. So before when I was dispersing all the inventory and doing payroll and booking all the calls myself, it was really easy to not have a lot of issues. And as each issue arises, you give up control. A lot of us go, you know, if I don't do it right, if I don't do it myself, I won't get done right. And it's, it's usually the owner or the management not setting up the employees for success. There's no really, really amazing manuals. There's no instructions how they can win the game. There's no standard operating procedures and no KPIs, at least five amazing key performance indicators to tell if they're doing their job right or not. And uh, a lot of people don't delegate, they dump on people and then they wonder why they can't get anything done. So it's a longer upfront, but in the long run, you just, you build a scalable business that doesn't require you to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So what would you say are maybe the top two or three kind of big shifts that kind of when you took a leap forward in the business, whether it was sales or or removing yourself from some elements? But I think a lot of people do kind of get stuck at certain phases, whether it's a million or three or, you know, 10, but you, you hit these new hurdles. So are there any that stick out over your journey? Yeah, I've got several of those. I, th- I think really some of the big ones was when my mom and my stepdad moved out in 2010. They were somebody I could trust and finding someone you could trust and count on is hard to do until you become a bigger, better business because you're able to identify drug test background checks, personality profiling, dig into a lot deeper, better, much better interviews, much better training. So 
that, that they were crucial. 2014, I got my, um, I'm a visionary. Adam's my, so he integrates everything and really helps my operations out. And I've gotten better at it, but ultimately he's the yin to my yang in a way of business that I never had before. He hates marketing. I love marketing. He's not as involved in sales, even though he's good at it. I love sales. And then we've got another guy that when I got the right CFO is when everything, that's when I started making, that's when I started making almost a million dollars profit a month is when he came on and really taught us how to set up KPIs around each department. And he came from, when he started in North Dakota, he was at a $25 million company. He left them when they were 425. So he's been where I want to go. And it's important to get those people. And I'd say getting an amazing CRM, Service Titan was just super, super impactful. It was just a game changer. And I'll tell you this, starting the, my podcast and having amazing guests and reading the books that they wrote and actually learning and hearing them and asking them any question I want was remarkable. And now we're doing 20,000 downloads a month. So pretty fun stuff. Those were four of them that I can think of just off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, the key, the key people one is, is a big one that stands out to me. I mean, systems, you know, a lot of people do talk about systems and those things help, but getting the right people in those couple of seats can make a big difference. It sounds like. Well, you know, the one thing I'd say about that is now the systems dictate the people, but you still Mm. need those top five. But realistically, people are like, oh, I just need the right people. I need the right people. Well, you should have an org chart and a depth chart, and you should have good handbooks and manuals and descriptions of what each job looks like. And you should really understand the avatar that you're hiring for that profile or for that position. So I think the biggest mistake is we don't spend enough, enough time reflecting on what we need. We don't look at the bottlenecks. We don't, we don't take a sheet of paper and look at the back and we should put down every 15 minutes, what's stealing our time? Where are all my bottlenecks coming from? And actually, it's hard for me to reflect. I'm such a forward thinker. I'm such a visionary. I'm so far in 10 years from now. But as I started to look back and say, man, this is a big problem. This is a big problem. And prioritize them and really see them to the finish line and get them done. I started to do a lot better. And then all of us have this thing called shiny bulb deficit or whatever, where you just, you're, there's so many opportunities. You're like, hey, maybe if I flipped houses at the same time as I did this and then this and then this. And what we realize is we get nothing done. So focus and essentialism and the one thing by Gary Keller, focus, focus, focus. And that's going to change your life. I, I really will. I, I think a lot of people, most business owners, most entrepreneurs, we all have this thing where we just, the next shiny light, and you just got to get rid of it all and say, this is what I chose. I'm making good money. Let me make great money and pick a niche. Do not do commercial, residential, Home Depot, uh, don't do uh, new builders, uh, home warranty companies, <laughs> and these people, and they wonder why they fail. Every truck's set up differently. They've got every different model truck. They've got different tools on each truck for different things, and they wonder why they can't be successful. They can't do one, do one thing really, really great and watch how much money you can make. That's awesome advice, yeah. What's one thing you wish you did sooner? One thing I wish I did sooner? Well, definitely hire a personal assistant. Uh, or you could call it an executive assistant. Man, I when I got the right person in the role, she literally is my organization. She is my time management. She makes me 10 times more effective. 
She makes me a more effective leader. She makes me more punctual. So I think by having somebody to fill in the voids of what you're not good at. A lot of people say, I want to be real well-rounded. And I'm like, no, why? Why do you got to learn how to do, what are you supposed to do? Learn how to do the warehouse? I've done every job in the company, but ultimately I know which ones I can't stand and I know which ones I'm not good at. So why not hire someone that enjoys that? When you learn about personality profiles and the predictive index or the disc assessment, you'll learn that people really do a much better job in certain departments and identify that and don't try to change the way you are. Embrace the way you are. So when I was able to fill that void, I think that was something that I, if I'd done that sooner, I would have been able to make myself 10 times more productive. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. How long did it, did it take you to finally pull the trigger on that hire? Hmm. Well, I had a gal that was really good too before the last couple. Was probably 2017, so that would have been 2007. About 10 years through the business, I just in my mind I couldn't understand spending the money. I'm like, I could do the emails, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. But then I realized, here's the good practices: take how much money you make a year. Let's just say uh, the average home service company is making 150 grand, and divide that into the hours. Take 50 weeks, divide it. Just say you work 40 hours. Don't. Don't make it difficult. Don't say you work 60. Just 40 times that. So you got 2,000 hours and divide that into what you made. And it's, I think that's 75 bucks an hour. And, and if you, when you start to really understand where your time's going, what it does is really allow you to focus on the places that you need to be. You know, I did the same math of last month. And this is not any, I could care less. I have the most amazing team, but it's in the thousands. And I'm like, man, I really, really got to be smart with my time. I really, really, really need to make sure that I'm spending my time in the right areas. And I think that kind of goes out the window with small businesses. They go, uh, they're firefighters and I'm a fire preventer. I prevent every fire. I find the bottlenecks. I live on Mars and I look at earth and I don't get involved in the day-to-day very often. And I'm like, here's a problem. Here's a problem. Here's a problem. And they know that my whole staff knows that. And, and I, I'm a good leader because I'm here every day fighting the fight that they're in. I'm not managing this from Europe and always on a jet and doing stuff. And I, I think owners like that one day I might be, but uh, right now I feel like I'm building this business and I think I can get it up to a billion dollars of revenue with the help of my amazing. And I'll emphasize that they're the best team anybody could ever wish for. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, it's a good way to look at it. And let's, t- let's talk about future a little bit. Cause you said you're very much a visionary. So you just threw out the, you know, chasing the billion, but what, it, I mean, what's the future look like for you? Where are you going? Oh, well, you know, I'm doing a, a group right now that we're helping home service companies, basically the home service expert, the same as my podcast on Facebook. And my goal is to build a thousand millionaires in that. So that's a passion of love for me. So that's fun. And I mean, if I think about my fun life, I like to golf. I love to watch movies. I do a lot of fun stuff. People say, how do you sleep? And I'm like, sleep really good. I I get plenty of sleep. I I delegate well. But as far as my professional life, I know I'm going to have fun at this for the next five or seven years. And then I'm probably either going to do an IPO, which is go public in the stock market, or I'm going to sell to private equity and I'm going to become a minority shareholder but I'll get a big bite out of the second bite. And most people don't understand how home service companies sell. They don't understand how it works. It's going to be a lot of money off the table. And everybody at this company is going to do well because of it. 
And then we're going to get a second bite and probably a third and fourth bite because I think there could be a congregation of home service companies sharing that client under one company's roof. And I think we could be the um, ambassadors of that. And, and that's, that's a whole big topic of how you sell a company and how you private equity works. I just read an amazing book on private equity and um, I'm excited because I, I contacted the guy on LinkedIn. I'm like, dude, I'm a big fan. I just read your whole book on the airplane. And I told him I have a podcast. He's like, all right. He's like, I'd love to be on it. So it's pretty cool. I just love learning about business and going to that next level. Cause it's not always about home service. There's so many layers of the marketing and they sell on what's called EBITDA. It's earnings before interest tax appreciation and appreciation. And it's a multiple of EBITDA and it's super fun because if you could get your business with enough service contracts, your home service company, and you can do, let's just say you do a million dollars a year of net profit, which is basically EBITDA adds in some stuff to that. So you, EBITDA, let's just say you're a five times multiplier. You can sell for $5 million. And let's say after taxes, you get 3 million back. Let's say you could get 7% of that money. That's $210,000 a year without taking any of your principal. So that's retirement for 99.9% of Americans. And, you know, for me, I'm going to do a lot more things to impact other people's lives along the way. Uh, You got to think if I'm providing right now over 250 jobs, they're each feeding three people. That's a thousand people. I think we'll get to about 6,000 real employees. So that's about 24,000 families or, or mouths we're affecting. And it's just to me that that sounds good. It sounds um, rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool to hear you talk about the the impact, you know, because that's really what money is. It'll, it's a tool that allows you to impact and kind of amplify who you are. And so if you're trying to help other people, like the more money you make, the more people you can help and kind of pass that down to. So that's super cool to hear. For people, you, we were talking just before we hit record, you know, you guys are going gangbusters right now, super busy. For people right now that are in a similar position, you know, I know we got off to an a interesting start to the year. There was a, you know, a few months in there where there was a lot of uncertainty. There's probably still uncertainty, but I think people have, you know, they're fairly busy. Things have picked up. They're, they're at work, but what are some things you're looking at? Just immediate next steps. Where are the opportunities? What should people be thinking about if they're going, hey, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Yeah. What, what are you thinking about? So I'm building out a, a very, very sophisticated learning management system. So I think right now is the time to identify really important projects. So LMS is huge. I need to build a system where I can create 75 technicians a month. Right now, I've got about 40 some out of here. And it's amazing because we've got a training center. We're adding 19 more doors to our already existing training center. So we're going to have about 40 doors to train on. I'm looking at buying out companies right now. A lot of people are very, very scared. And they're saying, you know, I've dealt with this stuff again. There's a correction coming, they say, every 10 years. And they're like, look, I'm doing pretty good. Let me get out while I'm ahead. So keeping your eyes on acquisitions is huge. And the purpose behind an acquisition is you buy a company that's making 5% profit and they're small. So they're only getting a three times multiple of EBITDA. You get them to 15% and you'll get a six times. So you got three times the profit that you paid for them. And then you multiply that, you double it. So you made six times what you pay just by going in and fixing them. And people don't understand these numbers because it's ridiculous. So that's a big one for me. And um, I've hired, we've got a a full-time recruiting and training staff now. So 
what I've really done is said, where do I want to go? And then you back end of that number. So to do a billion, you simply write down a billion dollars with all the zeros. You take your average technician. I think I took 500,000. And then I said, okay, how many technicians do I need? I need uh, 2,000 technicians. So to get to 2,000 technicians, put that over a three-year plan, you know, roughly I need about 50 a month. So say 60 because you might lose 10 in the transition of everything. 50 a month gets me to 1,800. That gets me darn near a billion. And there's a lot more math and matching the jobs and making sure your marketing team. And then you got to keep the culture. Then you got to think about the big brother, talking about their family, making sure they're getting taken care of, making sure they have a voice. So to get to that number, there's a lot of other things that go into this. But basically, I need to hire 60 technicians a month. I'm saying 75 because I know between 70 and 75 will get me to where I want to be within three years. But I still have, who knows what will happen. So I built in a five-year timeline. If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BillBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls, and inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. That's cool. I think it's interesting that you started with the number of texts you need and not the number of leads you need. Because I can hear a lot of people listening to this and going, okay, that's great. What if I went out and hired three people today instead of 75? And they're going, well, how am I going to keep them busy? So how do you well, think about the, that? Well, that's easy. The leads, I know how much I pay per lead. Okay. So if my technicians have a higher conversion rate, higher average ticket, we're going back to them more often because we're selling a service agreement. I could pay more per lead. So if I hire the right technicians and train them properly, they're getting reviews, they're asking for referrals, then I'm winning. I mean, the first thing I do when I get a new tech is say, find a hundred friends and family. So they say, they call their grandma. I say, grandma, do you have seven friends with a garage door? I'm going to come out and service your door for free. What I'd like you to do is spread the word. Leave me a Facebook, leave me a next door, leave me a Google, leave me a Yelp. Leave me, you know, you go through this process and the technicians actually, if you just said you're going to spend 10% on marketing and the average ticket's 500, you could pay $50 per acquisition. Then you incentivize them to pull more leads. But the leads are actually an outcome of the amazing technicians. If you got a crappy conversion rate, you're going to customers' houses, you're never closing, who cares about the leads? The leads are really not as important as people think because you're going to have a marketing fund. So if I raise revenue, therefore I raise the amount I can pay per lead and whoever pays more per lead will always win. <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it works. So I can pay Google more money and on that number one spot because I train my tech so much better and I hired on personality. 
See, I get them that they never had any experience. I want the most amazing, big smile, optimistic. They have eye contact, body language, tonality. If they give me those factors, I'm going to turn them into a machine. That's awesome. Yeah, which makes sense why you're building the learning management system because you're saying, hey, I don't care. I'm going to train for the skill. I just need the personality. Is that kind of the, the general approach then? Yeah, I don't, get, I don't care if you're the most amazing person in the world. If you got a bad attitude every time I say something, you're rolling your eyes and you're, I don't want to say it on your podcast, but if you're just one of these people that's just really nasty, they, they don't like constructive criticism, they're not happy, they're groggy, and they're like, I'm better because I sell more. But then you find out they're ripping people off, they're treating your customers like crap, they're drinking on the job. They're just not good people. And I want to be, the, I've got people that would, they put blood, sweat, and tears out for this company because they care. And that's what I hire for. And I'd rather them be, do a little bit less in the sales, but take care of my clients and really care about the company and their coworkers than have, and everybody's had this hot shot. And I've had to fire two amazing, amazing hot shots. And I'm like, man, it's going to be a lot tighter. I mean, at the time, my first one, we're talking, 2015, 2014. I mean, this guy was a stud as far as numbers go. And he was pretty good at customer satisfaction, but just really, oh man, another meeting. Oh, oh, and I'm like, I just remember, I'm like, dude, you got to go. You are cancer. So I've really put myself in a situation where I have amazing people around me. You know, they, they really care. And that's the way you should build your business. It really does come down to the employees, but there's a process to get those employees. And I've got the time. See, I've got full-time trainers now. I'm not saying go right along with this guy and pick up all of his bad habits. You know, we've got testing curriculum. We inspect what we expect. And I think that's huge. How much training time do you put in? If somebody starts, they get hired today. What's that ramp up period look like? All right. (laughs) So you, you do a ride along. You got a ride along form. I want to know how much you smoke. I want to walk you to your car, see if it's a mess. I want to know, were you punctual? I want to know if you were asking good questions, how much you were on your phone, were you on social media? Were you disrespectful if you talked to your mom or your grandma, or your girlfriend? Those are the kind of things I'm looking for. Do you have a plan with your life? If you got through my interview process, you probably will pass it right along. But that's, that's the point where I'm like, be critical with my guys. I, I do not want, and I'm going to look at you either good or bad based on the decision you make. Now they come aboard. Now we've got a three-week apprenticeship, three to four weeks depending on when my next class starts. And then I get them in here for four to five weeks. And then I get them back in their hometown for about three weeks running friends and family and neighbors. So if you look at the whole thing, it's roughly three months. One of, the first one is just doing ride-alongs, making sure they're a good person, making sure they show up on time, they're asked questions. They've already started on the LMS. So that's learning management system that they go online and do some stuff. They, we learned that their technical, their technical aptitude is where it needs to be. They can handle a CRM, which a lot of uh, old timers are like, I'm only used to paper and they can't, they can't figure it out. So that's important to us. And then we get them here and we have a lot of fun with them. We go to like escape rooms and games and we, we had a dunk the trainer the other day. We bought one of those softball machines that dunks them. We got a popcorn machine, a hot dog, just always fun stuff. I got a big buck hunter, a golden tee. We've got massage chairs here. So I just picked up three segues to ride around the building with. So we're, we're like, build the culture up and then I give them the real life experience. And then, then they're ready. Then they're ready to go out and now they're ready to face the world and win. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And 
And for people listening, uh, you kind of breeze through a few of the steps earlier, but once they get back to wherever they're going to start kicking things off, like what are, you said the, the person will actually start generating the leads. What are those first few tactical things that you can tell somebody that's just starting? You mentioned like, hey, I'll do your garage for free and spread the word. Like, do you have kind of a checklist there? We're like, hey, if you do these four, four things, you'll yeah. be off to a good start. I mean, it's not a checklist, but number one, if you're in a new market, you got to make sure your website's optimized. Google's everything. You want to make sure to get the Google guarantee. You want to make sure you got a fast loading website and it's got a high conversion rate. That just means it's sexy. It's got a call to action. It looks good. There might be a video. It loads fast. Like I said, load, load, load fast. Have your Google My Business page. Make sure you're getting the Google My Business page. Have the hours on there 24-7. Make sure you have on there. So many people forget the descriptions and the ad pictures and all these things that really build credibility. Get your citation sites built. So Google's the platform for everything. And then you want to get reviews. And here's the thing is, I'll take a lot more time if I don't have a lot of work with the current customers. I'll make a small video with them. I'll get them to make a testimonial. I'll get them to share it on Facebook. Hey, do you know any other good people in this neighbor in this area that might need my service? Ask them for a referral. Ask them if there's anybody else they might know. I give my guys $1,500, anybody in the company, guys and gals, that they find another employee that gets hired, $1,500. So take the time with them to find great people. I'm telling you, getting these people, building the funnel of people is the secret. It is the secret. I mean, if I had to tell anybody, that's probably one of the biggest things. And then obviously going to a shop that you want to be like, getting out of your hometown and going there. But so getting reviews, getting videos, sharing them on Facebook before and afters, and then get on every direct response. Get on Groupon if you have to. I was always on Groupon. I was on Living Social because what that meant to me is it's a variable cost. I don't pay for that unless I get the lead. Is that variable? Trying to think if that's the right would it be a fixed cost that I could, pre- I could predict it, but it's always variable depending on the leads, but I'm only paying if I'm going out to their home. Whereas, because they were buying a deal, whereas HomeAdvisor is still great, but you're going against other people. But if that's the case, download the app. And the minute you see that thing go off, you call that customer. I think that a lot of people start in this industry, the home service without enough money. I think they think it's going to be amazing because they work as a technician for a company and they go, well, I know where to buy the parts. I know the CRM we're using. So I can just build my own business. And they don't think about any, being a technician is 5% of a successful business. It's literally, you got to have a CSR, a dispatcher. You got to have a warehouse. You got to have the advertising, the culture, the trucks. You've got to have the, the, the wrap company. You've got to have the accounting, the KPIs, the standard operating procedures, the man, it goes on and on. And people don't give enough thought. They never heard of a depth chart. They don't know what, how to build an org chart. They don't know how to post an ad. They don't know how to become a recruiter. And then they say, well, I don't understand. And I've given my, my all. Well, what you don't understand is you were a technician. And everything, all these other things were going on to make you successful. To ring the doorbell, there needs to be 25 other things gone right. Like your truck making it to the property is a big one. I had five trucks break down in one day once. That's when I stopped buying used vehicles. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And you see that a lot. You know, people are really good at the craft or that's why they get into the business and then quickly realize that that's just one piece of it. So yeah, it's a big uh, mistake. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've got one last segment of the show, but before we get to that, a couple more questions. Is there anything that you just want 
like everybody in this industry to know. Like you said, you make a lot of mistakes, but you make them quickly and you don't make them twice. You know, if, if you just reflect back again, like what do you just wish everybody knew so that they could improve their businesses a little bit more? Well, everybody needs to understand that do not be a price warrior. People want three things. They want it done fast. They want it done right. They want it done for cheap. Do not do all three. Be the best and be the fastest. If you're a price warrior, you're going to stay busy and you're never going to make money. And people are like, they get on the Facebook groups. They're like, this guy rips people off, blah, 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 blah. I've heard it all. And I'm like, dude, you live it. You work out of your home. Your wife works for you. Your son works for you. You don't insure any of your employees. You're driving used trucks that break down. You don't have any wraps. You can't afford a warm or a cold air conditioning bill. You don't have a new computer. The reason I charge, and I wrote this in the book for, with Alan Rohr is triple your prices, quadruple your prices, charge more money. Every time your distribution center gives you a three or 4% increase, increase your prices too. And the thing is, is you're only helping the industry when you raise your prices. You can elevate the whole thing. It's called the Starbucks effect. When Starbucks came out, everybody bought more coffee. Restaurants used to give coffee out for free. Then they started charging $2 for it or a buck or whatever. Even 50 cents was more than zero. So raise your darn prices and quit thinking about if you're worried about getting jobs to be the cheapest, then start saving more money and get an education in business. Because way too many technicians enter business ownership and they're not good at it. So what I would say is save more money before you start your business. Make sure you don't go in. Make sure you're well-funded. You should have three months of all your expenses. You should have new computers too. You should have, you shouldn't worry. You should have a good CRM. People go, I can't afford service site. And I go, service site is less than half of a percent. It's less than a half. Do you know how much percentage it gets me? I've got accountability through the yin-yang on here. So ultimately, raise your prices and go into the market and be a niche that you can be the best price, the biggest price, because you're so good at what you do that people will line up for your business. Not the guy that says, I'm cheap, I'm cheap, I'm cheap, but I can't get out there for a month because I'm overwhelmed. Then raise your prices. I'm just obsessed with that. Don't feel bad. Don't think you're ripping anybody off. If they're willing to pay it because of a great service with a drug test, a background check, and a guy that smells and a guy that cares, then it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And those, the people that are looking for the cheapest prices, they're always the the pains in the ass. They're the callbacks. They're the, oh man, I'm going to destroy you on Yelp if you don't do this. They're always the worst. It's, It's not your avatar. Pick the people that say this. I've made mistakes. I've got the cheapest. I don't want the cheapest. I want the best warranty. I want somebody that's going to clean up. I want the product to be great. I want the company to be around in 10 years. Those are the things real customers that should be your avatar care about. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And it'll just make everything easier. Because <laughs> when, when you can charge right, then you know the business side of things, you can take care of what you need to. And then the customer's happy too. Like they're signing up for that. They get a great service. And yeah, it... Uh, solves a lot of those, <laughs> those well, problems that you get into. The apples to apples, you know, people say apples to apples, but I don't, I don't sell apples. I sell oranges. I have higher cycle parts. They're powder coated, Hot, better bearings, lifetime. Li- they're, they're self-lubricating 100,000 cycle Z bearing rollers. A lot of people don't know how to say stuff like that. They go, well, these are my rollers. But doesn't it make it sound good when there's adjectives? Like I sell a worry-free package. It comes from a 16 by 7 it's a tank of a garage door. It comes with two decorative hardware kits, 80,000 cycle powder coated, lifetime warranty, patented max life 
springs, 100,000 cycles, E-bearing rollers. It comes with uh, operator reinforcement bracket, a three-quarter horse lift master opener that you can control from your phone. It closes anytime, one, two, three, four, or five minutes later. It's got all the bells and whistles, all this for $267 a month, same as cash. It's 40% of your curb appeal. Only thing on your home that gives you 102% ROI, and it's a smile of your home. Tell me you don't want a new garage door now. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> the full pitch. You've maybe done that a couple of times, right? <laughs> I do this every week in front of my guys, and then I have one come up there and do it, and I'm like, dude, we got to work on this because you got to be excited about it. This is what I put in my family's house. This is what my people, my managers buy for their grandparents. This is the package that we believe in, and we believe in the best. And if anybody, I tell my guys all the time, if you could find a way to get something better, if we could call the manufacturer and make that part, that battery, that ion battery last longer, like we could pay them to make it better. How do we differentiate ourselves from the crowd? And I got a lot of books on this of just, it's not, we're open nights and weekends and we do drug tests. No, who gives, everybody does that. What's your unique selling proposition? And ours is our parts are way better. Our people are way better. And I can tell you, We've got certain stats that we give the guys that we can tell our clients real factual stuff. Like out of the last 978 installs, 970 of them went in on time. And those other eight or whatever that was, the other eight were rectified within 48 hours. And we went to another manufacturer to get you done properly. Those are real significant data points that the customers go, wow, that's real. That's not, who cares about you know the nights and weekends? Everybody's open nights and weekends. Yeah. Well, and one thing through all, through all of that, the one thing that really stood out to me was you said you sell a worry-free product and, you know, that's, that's what people want, you know, and that's that solution and all those other things back that up, you know, they, they give that customer that confidence. So yeah, I, I love that because that's the solution that they're really looking for. And, and everyone that's selling on price, they're just selling another door, you know, it's, hey, I can put your door in, but that's not even what you're selling. Well, Blue Ocean. Blue Ocean is a good book. And if you understand Blue Ocean, I would tell people, are you going to sell a blender by saying, you pick this, one of two things. You sell the blender going, this thing's going to slice and dice. This thing is going to clean up fast. It's got four different modes. It liquefies the stuff. Or try this one. What our blender does is it breaks down those vitamins so they're more consumable. The average blender will allow you to intake 10% of the vitamin. Ours equals 90%, which is going to mean better sleep better skin, more energy, better life. Blue Ocean is selling the benefits, not the features. And if you learn how to sell, the benefit is you're not going to have to call us back. When you hit that garage button, it's going to work. It's going to keep the bugs out better. It's going to look sexier. You're going to be the envy of the neighborhood. Those are selling points. Not that I, I used all the materials because that's a piece of it. Of why do those nutrients break down? Well, they blend faster and here's how it works. You got to deliver the other part of it to give it blue ocean, but people forget the benefits of why the customer would make that buying decision. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Hey, Tommy, before I get to the last segment, if people want to learn more about you or connect with you or podcast or, you know, what's the best place to, to learn more about you? You can listen to homeserviceexpert.com. There's the podcast there. It's all over syndicated everywhere. Homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash free. Uh, you pay for the shipping and handling. It's like nine bucks to get a hard copy. It's a book I had um, 12 contributors with. I had the CEO of Service Sign, the COO of Home Advisor. I had uh, the CEO of Valpac. Those, I mean, literally the, contrib- the contribution of this book was amazing. And uh, you can hit me up on my email. I have a million emails, but they all kind of filter into 
A, the number one lead, L-E-A-D, manager, A1 lead manager at Gmail. I think that's probably like 15, right when I started the business and I just (laughs) kept it because Google was Google, so. Yeah, good old Google. (laughs) Cool. Well, Tommy, that's awesome. Hey, uh, last segment of the show is called our Fast Five, and I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions and just say whatever comes to mind. First question is, favorite business book and why? Man, that is crazy. I know you're a big reader, so it's tough to pick one. I'm I'm a big reader as well. Let me just... so many here. Uh, well, How to Win Friends and Influence People is a book that came out almost a century ago, and it's still valid to this day. And once you learn how to build relationships, you'll conquer any business. I don't care if it's home service or what it is. It's the relationships. It's how you sell yourself. It's how to listen. It's how you have two ears. And it's really how to make people feel good about themselves. And when you dominate building relationships, you can win at everything. Awesome. Yeah. I remember that was one of the first ones I, I read getting out of college. And yeah, it seems like the, the principles in there are pretty timeless. All right. Next question is, who's the most inspirational person in your life? You know, I could go a lot of ways, but I'd say Al Levy was a consultant I worked with for a long time. He wrote The Seven Power Contractor, and he's someone I could trust. I could. Um, Definitely bounced up off of him. And, um, you know, my dad and my mom are very, very, and my stepdad, I, I got to say that there's a lot of people that influence my life. My, my family's huge, but ultimately, and I can pick a lot of people in the business, but exterior to business, I would say Al Levy is just, he, he's golden. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? Superpower. I'd say probably, I always was obsessed and I've got it right here. It's, and I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but uh, no, it's all good. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> I say it'd be pretty cool to be able to meet Jesus and then maybe meet a lot of the other, probably time travel. Uh, yeah. And I'd like to be able to fly. So this kind of describes both of them. <laughs> Killing two birds with one stone. I like it. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Funny student. Funny student for life. And that's three words right there. But, <laughs> and then um, easy, easy going. I don't know. Even I didn't, wasn't prepared for that. But if well, I, you know, I know I didn't send these in advance. So, <laughs> all right. Last question is if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? If you start doing your time management right and you start reflecting and you really start to pay attention to the things that matter, what you'll understand is if you become a bottleneck fixer, your business will run without you. And most of the hardest things that an owner needs to learn, an entrepreneur, is getting out of the way. Don't be involved in everything, but have KPIs and checks and balances and inspect what you expect. That's the first one, is being able to reflect and fix bottlenecks. Number two is you really got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to become part of masterminds. You've got to get other people's opinion. You got to build a network of trust in other industries. And what I think you really should do is find the top five businesses in your industry. Find out who the owners and the management are. Send them letters. Show them you truly appreciate what they're doing to the industry. And then find your favorite one and fly out and spend two days. See if you can shadow them. You'd be surprised... If you do it right, they're going to be delighted to help out someone 
that's not quite as successful as them. That's what it's all about is giving back. And if they're not, it's not the right uh, person you probably want. So just get out of your comfort zone, get out of your city, get out of your element, turn your phone off and just write down, have questions and write it down and giggle a little bit. Be like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> and it's almost, it's so much fun to do it when you're doing it. So those two things I think are really, really big. And I think sometimes we're too busy to, to open our eyes at the opportunities out there. We become so infected and in- injected in the business that it can't run without us. And that's the worst place you want to be. So don't be that. Don't be like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. That's a good way to wrap it up. And uh, Tommy, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, I really appreciate being on Spencer. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tommy Mello of A1 Garage Doors. And man, there were a ton of takeaways in this conversation. I feel like uh, it was definitely a note-taking type of episode. A few that stood out to me, one uh, that that really did was that uh, executive assistant piece and really just figuring out like calculating your hourly rate and basing that on revenue and, you know, where you're really productive is what it comes down to for me. And so trying to take some of those tasks or maybe where you're the bottleneck and offloading those, because if you can turn that time into productive revenue producing time, it's going to pay for itself. So that's something I'm personally going to be digging into in the next month or two and trying to figure out who that perfect person would be. Where am I the bottleneck? And I thought that was some great insight. And then Man, I loved hearing uh, Tommy go into his uh, his sales pitch there on the product, and uh, you could hear it like he just flipped it on instantly. He was super passionate. He started running down the list, but it's because he has made his product the best, and that was the big takeaway. Which was, hey, don't be the cheapest, be the best, be the fastest, and if you can combine those two, like you can charge the higher prices, you can create and and deliver the best product. And that's really where you want to be playing. That's the space you want to be living in. And so uh, I loved that whole section there where you could hear the enthusiasm, but it's easy to get excited about what you're pitching if you really believe in it and you think it's the best and you're, you're making it the best. Yeah, think about that as it pertains to your service and what you're offering. And I think you'll come up with a bunch of action steps on how you could carve out that space, separate yourself from the competition and move forward. So. Again, I thought this was an awesome conversation. Tommy's got a ton of experience, a ton of knowledge. So go back and re-listen to this one. I'm certainly going to be doing the same. And we really appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.